0: You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We are currently in the middle of this series entitled 10, Perfect Law and the Perfect Love. Because we're talking about the Ten Commandments, we are now at the sixth installment. We will be talking about commandment number six. Now, going through this series... We know and we understand that the commandments of God really reflects the heart of the Father. The commandments of God really are for the children of God. The commandments of God are for the sons and daughters of God. Amen? Now, these commandments are not meant to hinder us, but it is meant to protect us. It is meant to protect our relationship with God. These commandments are not a condition, but it is a confirmation that we do have a relationship with our everlasting Father. Going through our series, we'd like to take some time to appreciate the Ten Commandments. As children of God, as a people of the Lord, we are to treasure the commandments of God. We are to treasure His laws. We are to value His laws. Let me take you just a quick review of where the commandments in the Bible given to Moses and to the people of God. In Egypt, the people of God, the Israelites, were in bondage. That's why God encountered Moses in the burning bush. And God revealed his heart to Moses. And he says, Moses, I have heard the cries of my people. I have seen their sufferings. And I will liberate them. I will set them free. With my mighty hand, I will rescue them. And so God did what He has promised. And when God liberated Israel from the land of bondage, Egypt, they were journeying to the wilderness and God gave the commandments. Now, notice this. That the commandments was not a condition for God to liberate the Israelites. It was not a condition. And it's not, it's not like God would test and try if who among the people of God would obey the commandments and then yun lang ang ililiberate niya or yun lang ang isa set free niya? No, the people of God were already liberated. The people of God were already set free. The people of God were already saved when God gave the commandments. The Israelites were no longer serving the God of Egypt, but now they belong to the God of Almighty Yahweh. And as a people of God, God gave them the Ten Commandments. That's why I said, the Ten Commandments really are for the people of God, are for the children of God. If you are not a child of God, if you are not a people of the Lord, the commandments are not for you. It's not for you. It's for the people of God. How many of us here are children of the Lord? Can we give God praise? Thank you, Lord. The commandments of God are for us. Now, let's do a quick review of the Ten Commandments. Is that okay? Just a quick review. So, I put in some keywords. Not really the word by word, but just a keyword for us to be able... Keywords is for us to be able to understand or memorize the Ten Commandments. A lot of us, because... Tagal-tagal ng church. Hindi tayo yun, no? Iba yun, no? tagal, tagal natin na uh, Christian. natin 10 commandments. No? So now we will review the 10 commandments. All right. Commandment number one: No other gods. Commandment number two: No idols. Commandment number three: Honor the name of the Lord. Commandment number four: Honor the Sabbath day. Commandment number five, which we preached on uh, last week, is honor your father and your mother. Commandment number six, which we will talk about today, is do not murder. Commandment number seven, do not steal. Seven, do not commit adultery. Commandment number eight, do not steal. Commandment number nine, do not lie. Commandment number ten, do not covet. Alright? So, easy enough? So, it's like, no, no. Honor, honor, honor. Do not, do not, do not, do not, do not. Okay? Alam na natin? ready one two three go commandment number one no other gods before me commandment number two commandment number three commandment number four commandment number five commandment number six commandment number seven commandment number eight commandment number nine commandment number ten Wow, very good. Can you just give yourself a round of applause? (laughs) Galeng, huh? Galeng. All right, it's also important to note that the first four commandments, commandment number one to commandment number four, pertains to a vertical relationship with our God. No other gods, no idols, honor the name of the Lord, honor the Sabbath day. It pertains to our vertical relationship with God. Commandment number 5 to commandment number 10 pertains to our horizontal relationship with our fellow men. You see, God could have stopped in commandment number 4. just It's just me. It's just me and God. But He didn't stop in commandment number 4. He continued to give the commandments number 5 to number 10. Why? Because God, with God, how we relate to each other is important. It is in the commandments. Amen? So please be worried if you encounter somebody and says, "Uh, it's just me and my God. Where do you go to church? Oh, I go to different churches. It's just me and my God. Okay, It's not about me and our God alone. It's in the commandments. God values how we relate with each other. Amen? So commandment number 1 to 10 is given for us. And that is why also in the New Testament, when somebody asked Jesus, this young man approached Jesus and says, Jesus, can you tell me what is the greatest of all commandments? And we found this in, uh, we find this in Luke chapter 10 verse 27, when Jesus answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. This is the greatest commandment. The first part, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, is commandment number one to commandment number four. Love your neighbor as you love yourself is really the summary of commandment number uh, five to commandment number ten. Now, I'd like to camp here for a while, just for us to appreciate this more. Many times we'd fail the commandments of God. And we fail in different areas. But the main reason why we fail all the other commandments is because we already failed in the first commandment. And the first commandment in the Old Testament says, You shall have no other gods before me. It's the same commandment in the New Testament. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The reason why we sin and the way that we sin is because we have already failed in the first commandment clear so far yes. great now let us review as we go to the to our main text this afternoon we will be reading again from exodus chapter 20 verses 1 to 13 and then we will camp on verse 13 which will be our topic this afternoon that says you shall not murder. Can I invite you all to stand as we read God's Word? If you have your Bibles, just turn to Exodus chapter 20. So the first book is Genesis, then Exodus. (laughs) We'll be reading from verse 1 to verse 13. Allow me to read and just follow along with your eyes. Verse 1, God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. That's commandment number one. Commandment number two, you shall not make of yourselves a carved image of any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the waters under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them for I the Lord your God am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and to the fourth generation of those who hate me. Verse 6, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Commandment number three says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Commandment number four, verse eight, Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days, the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it Holy commandment number five in verse 12 honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is given you and commandment number six verse 13 you shall not murder let's all pray Lord Jesus we come to you and we ask Lord that you enlighten our hearts with your words with the truth of your words Lord Speak to us, Lord, and allow the ministry of your word, the ministry of your Holy Spirit, Lord, be manifest within our midst. Bless the preaching of your word, even at this time. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Our main text for tonight's topic is found in Exodus chapter 20, verse 13. It is a four-word verse. I wish it had more explanation. Like the other commandments, commandment number one has an explanation. Commandment number two, commandment number three, four, and five. I wish commandment number six would have a little more explanation. But now, our main verse is as a four-word verse that says, you shall not murder. The Bible did not explain As if God did not have to give any reason. It says, no reason, period, end of discussion. You shall not murder. Now, what's interesting to note in this particular verse also, is that all modern English translation of this particular verse shows these words. You shall not murder. But the old English translation of the Bible particularly the King James Version, shows this, thou shall not kill. In the Old English translation, when they say kill, that really means murder. You see, there is also the evolution of the English language. Take, for example, the word gay. Gay during that time means happy. Gay during this time means another thing. And so if I stand before you and I say, I'm gay, what does that mean? It's different, right? It's the same thing. The language, the English language evolves. So the old English translation of the Bible, uh, particularly in King James, shows thou shall not kill. But the new King James version of the English Bible says, thou shall not murder. Say with me, thou shall not murder. What's in the news today? Let's take a look. We take a picture of Philippine Star. This was uh, released or issued last Thursday, June 23. And it says on the headlines, Thou shall not kill is absolute by uh, Pope Francis. Thou shall not kill. And what else do we see? Well, (laughs) This is um, from, uh, again, Bilang Pilipino, 2016. Uh, elect, uh, president, president elect says, extrajudicial killings never happened. But killings within the bounds of law, yes, if I become president, it will be bloody because I will order the killing of all criminals. Yung one who thou shall not kill yung isa sabi killings so some people like it some people don't and some people ask a question but you see in the bible the story of noah we know the story of noah right uh, It's in kids church uh we all ride the ark and then the animals ride with us you see but there's a heavier side of that story the heavier side of that story is when God judged the earth for its wickedness. So, there are killings in the Bible. Let's take a look at this closer. Is there a difference between killing and murder? Because the Word of God says, in commandment number 6, Thou shall not murder. So, let's inquire. Webster, tanungin natin si Webster. What does Webster say? So, definition of murder per uh, uh, according to Webster is this: the unlawful, premeditated killing of a human being by another. I want to camp on that word premeditated. Premeditated means there is a time between the formulation between the formulation and the execution of the plan to kill premeditated then a definition me webster the unlawful premeditated killing of one human being by another that's murder let's check what wikipedia is saying all right so wikipedia says this Murder is the killing of another human being without justification or valid excuse. It is especially the unlawful killing of another human being with malice aforethoughts. So, of course, hindi ko rin alam ano ibig ng aforethoughts. Pero siguro kayo, alam nyo ako, hindi ko rin alam. But anyways... Malice afterthought is really malice. Hindi. It's premeditated, prior intent, motivated by an ill will to kill. Premeditated, motivated by an ill will to kill. Interestingly enough, Christian apologetics and research ministries says this about murder: What is murder? And it says. Murder is the unlawful taking of a human life. Where killing is the lawful taking of life. When I first read this, Sabigo mezuma bigata ah. Parang. I hmm, Don't quite understand. Hard to swallow, hard to take. Murder is the unlawful killing of a human life. Where killing is the lawful taking of life. Let's look at number two. Number two says, All murder is killing. But not all killing is murder. First statement, all murder is killing. That means someone has been killed before you are uh, judged to be a murderer. That means they cannot charge you as a murderer if nobody died or nobody has been killed. So, all murder is killing, but not all killing is murder. Interesting. Interesting. Number one, going back to number one, says murder is the unlawful taking of a human life. Unlawful taking of a human life. That means there is a lawful taking, a lawful killing of human life. Lawful killings. Now before we move forward, guess it's proper to me for me to say that I am not a lawyer. Alright? So I don't know the details of all this, but generally we will be presenting, uh, general acceptable, uh, uh, excuses or lawful killings. Alright? That's acceptable throughout the world. What are lawful killings? Number one, enemy combatants during war. As soldiers, when uh, part of our, uh, the duty of a soldier is to defend our nation or to defend the country, and they go to war. And when they go to war, they carry guns. And during the combat, any death from that combat is not called or not charged as murder. Okay? But uh, take note that there are also war crimes. Now, as I research on this, that means if a soldier has surrendered already, but still he was killed, then that is subject, that is a war crime, and people are subject to the uh, military law or military courts. The next example of lawful killings is police duties. So, as a police officer, uh, to 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 serve and to protect, again, part of our duties. If you're a police officer, is you know to safeguard uh, persons and properties, right? To ensure the safety. Now, in the course of doing your duty, if in case um, there are killings, it is not considered murder. And again, siempre merong investigation yan, But generally speaking, police duties. Number four, uh, self-defense. If there is an attacker and the would-be victim would try to escape or try to survive the attack, and in doing so, the would-be victim uh, would kill the attacker, it's not considered murder. It falls under self-defense. And number four is this. In some countries, capital punishment or death penalties are implemented. So these are what we can consider examples of lawful killings again lawful it seems that it is the law of the land that determines which is lawful and which is not what does the bible say about the law what does the bible say about us as christians living in the land just look at romans chapter 13 verse 1 to 2. It says there, Let every person be subject to governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities, resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. The Bible says that we... People of the Lord, we as Christians, we are not above the law of the land. We are not exempted from the law of the land. In fact, the Bible says we are to subject ourselves to the governing authorities. Interestingly enough, when this was written by the Apostle Paul, he was in prison for preaching the gospel. And he is saying, let every person... Be subject to the governing authorities. Amen. Another similar verse talks about uh, this particular truth found in Colossians chapter one, verse 16. It says, there, "For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible." Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. Say with me, authorities. Authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him. You see, God has delegated authorities. This is temporal, of course, in nature. But all power and authorities that were entrusted to us, One day, we will give an account to God. One day, we will come to the Lord and give an account to what we have done with the powers and the authorities that were given to us. So, God is the ultimate authority. What we want to look at now are the three essential truths behind the sixth commandment that says, you shall not murder. First, Is this, murder destroys the image of God in man. The image of God in man. Looking at this verse in Genesis chapter 9, verse 6, it says, Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. Look at the person beside you. Sige po, look at the person beside you. Tingnan mo sa ilong. <laughs> image yan. Made in the image and likeness of God. Amen? You don't believe that you came from apes, do you? You don't believe that we came from chimpanzees, do we? The Bible says we are made in the image and likeness of God. All men and women are created in the image of God. There is the image of God in us. To strengthen that, found in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says there, Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. You see, God values human life. Law or commandment number six is for the protection of human life. It's for the sanctity of human life. You shall not murder. Murder destroys the image of God in man. Of all of God's creation, man is special. He spoke and there was light on the first day. He spoke again, and there was separation of the expanse on the second day. Dry ground and water. He spoke the third day, and there was vegetation. He spoke on the fourth day, and there was sun, moon, and stars. He spoke on the fifth day, and there was uh, animals. Birds of the air, fish of the sea, and every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. But on the sixth day, say with me, sixth day, God rolled up His leaves. He dirted His hands. Touched dirt and clay. Molded it. Fashioned it. In His image and in His likeness. And He breathed the breath of life upon man. Man is unique. Man is special human life is valued by God. We bear the image and the likeness of God. When Adam was walking around Eden, and Adam was being seen by creation, creation did not see Adam as man. Creation saw God in Adam. Amen? Because Adam bore the image and likeness of God. That's why it's very important. Man is important to God. In Genesis 1.31, it says there, And God saw everything that He had made. It's like the summary of creation. The last verse of chapter 1, Genesis. God saw everything that He had made. And behold, when there was man, He says, It was very good. Say with me, very good. Again, very good. And there was evening and there was morning on the sixth day. You see, when you review or revisit the story of creation, as God created the heavens and the earth, He was evaluating it and He says, It is good. It is good. It is good. He created light. It is good. The moon stars and the sun. It is good. But when He created man, He says, It's very good. Look at the person beside you and say very good. Isa yung kabila, kabila na, sabi mo you are very good. We are still on point number 1. We're still on point number 1. That says that murder destroys the image of God in man. Interestingly, on the sixth day, say me, sixth day? On the sixth day of creation, God made man. The six commandments and the law of God says, do not murder. I believe there are no coincidences. There are no coincidence. On the sixth day, God created man in His own image and likeness. On the s- commandment number six, says, do not murder. How special is man before God? Let's look at Psalm number 8, verses 3 to 5. Let's read. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them, for you have made them a little lower than the angels, and you've crowned them with glory and honor. You know what? There are some verses in the Bible that I struggle with. That I can't somehow struggle with having a resolution in my heart. Not all the negative side, but some of the positive side. And this is one of them. The truth that says God is mindful of us. And the truth that says that God honors us or crowns us with honor and glory. Can you imagine that? hindi na man mashadong guapo cute ka lang. <laughs> Ikaw sadong maganda, charming ka lang, pero love na love ka God. Amen. Can we give God praise? He crowns us with glory and honor. If God crowns man with glory and honor, who has the right to kill and to murder another human being? Point number 1 still. Murder destroys the image of God in man. Point number two. Murder is the work of the evil one. In John chapter 10, verse 10, the first part says, The thief comes only, say with me, only. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. The very reason that the devil. Gets up, dress up, and shows up. It's just for this reason. To steal, kill, and destroy. Murder is the devil's work. It bears his signature. It bears his mark. That's why in John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus in the New Testament is speaking to, to the people. And it says there this. You are of your father, the devil. For your will is to do your father's desires. The background of this text is that they couldn't take the truth that is coming from Jesus. And they want to kill Him. That's the background of the the text. And so Jesus now say, You are of your father, the devil. And your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. Say with me, Beginning and does not stand in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character. For he is a liar, and the father of lies. The power of the devil is in the lie. And may I say, murderous lies. He would deposit some lies in the hearts of men. The power of the devil is in the lie. The power of God is in the truth. We will know the truth, and the truth was set us free. Amen? Kyao kya miniwala sa lie na pangit ka? Wala dun? You are made in the image and likeness of God. Amen? Don't believe the lie. Don't believe the lie of the, of the lie. Alright. The devil is a murderer from the beginning. What does this mean? What beginning? When was the first time that murder happened? When was the first occurrence of murder? For this, we will visit the Old Testament once again. Genesis chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. The background of this is a story between two brothers, Cain and Abel. This was the first occurrence of murder in the history of mankind. And it is the history of the Bible. Let's look at the account. Verse 6 to 8 says there, The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. The whole world was shocked. It was the first occurrence. An image of God lay dead on the ground. The whole world was shocked. (gasps) It was in the headlines in CNN. Cain murdered his brother Abel. The whole world! Of course, I wouldn't know the population of the whole world at that time, but the whole world was shocked. With the first occurrence of murder, one guy found dead, killed. How far have we gone from that day to now? Now the whole world is somehow anesthetized and indifferent or callous when we see murder in the newspapers. June 12 was a massacre in Orlando. It's everywhere now, right? But during that time, this is the beginning. So the Word of God says, the devil is the murderer from the beginning. When he says, from the beginning until now. He is his plan or his his what He does is only to steal, kill, and destroy. Something that I want to highlight in this particular verse, it was God speaking to Cain and says, Why are you angry? But the highlighted part there is that sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you. You must rule over it. God was already speaking to Cain. And saying to Cain, Sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you. You must master it. My friends, because of sin, because of sin, we all have the propensity for murder. Because of sin, we can act violently against one another, even towards life ending aggression. And all of us are sinners. Amen? Who is without sin, right? Because of sin, you and me, we have the capacity to murder. Upon reading this text, you shall not murder. At the beginning, I said to myself, Ah, hindi ako yan. Mabait naman ako eh. Hindi ako murderer. You can sit there. I can stand here. But the truth of the matter is this, because of sin, we all have the capacity to murder. 1 John chapter 3, verse 12 says this, We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. Evil, murderous thoughts, desires come from the devil. Let us not be used by the devil. Let us give our hearts to God so that our lives can give glory unto Him. Amen? The murder comes from the evil one. Point number three. Murder is a condition of one's heart towards another. It's a condition of the heart. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 to 22. Says this, and we read. You have heard that it was said in those days, in those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, this is Jesus speaking, but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother is liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother, will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. This is beyond death penalty. Jesus is speaking. This is beyond life imprisonment. It's talking about the fires of hell. But I say to you, That everyone who is angry with his brother is liable for judgment. Now let's talk about anger for a while. In Ephesians chapter four, verse twenty-six, it says, "There, in your anger, do not sin." I guess you're familiar with that verse, right? And you're also familiar that Jesus got angry. He got angry. He made a whip. No, he made a whip, and then he he um, he overthrew. The, the, the tables in the temple and, and he, he drove everybody away of the temple, right? So there is, Jesus got angry, but he was not in sin. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26, in your anger, do not sin. What does that mean? There is a sinful anger. In your anger, do not sin. There's a sinful anger and there's a sinless anger. There's a worldly, carnal, anger and there is holy anger. What we're saying here is that murder is not just a physical act but a condition of one's heart towards another. Murderers will be judged by the fires of hell. They will not go unpunished because God values human life. God values human life. Looking again in Genesis chapter 4, verse 6 and 8, the first occurrence of anger, uh, of anger, of murder, the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why are you angry? Can you look at the person beside you? Can you ask, are you angry? Cain spoke to his brother and he killed him. Do you feel angry sometimes? ba? no? Lahat tayo, ba? You feel angry sometimes. What makes you angry? Really, what makes you angry? Maybe it's the traffic. Maybe it's the parking here at festival mall. You're about late ka na sa service. Magpa-park ka na. Ito na, meron ng slot. Okay, papasok na ako. At biglang hinarangan ka ng isa. Because of that, when you dito sa escalator, sarado na yung doors. Sorry, sir, ma'am. 1,200 sitting limit capacity na po. Full capacity na. That makes you angry, right? Or sometimes, maybe, when you come to church, somebody's sitting in your favorite chair. Look at your head. So, buti na lang ikaw katabi ko. Right? Remember, sin is crouching at the door. It's... Desire is for you. But we must master it or rule over it. First John chapter 3, verse 15 says, Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Friends, you don't have to kill to be a murderer. You don't have to kill to be a murderer. The Bible says... If we hate our brothers. Someone said this. Anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to the person on which it is poured. If you keep anger, bitterness in your heart, it does more harm to us. Oh, that's not me. Just a little unresolved hurt. Just a little resentment. Just a little bitterness, just a little unforgiveness, just a little anger. Again, be careful. Just like God speaking to Cain, why are you angry? Sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you. Now, how do we know if we have anger and bitterness in our hearts? Well, I came up with a few questions that would help us evaluate if we have anger in our hearts. Question number one. Read it me. Ready? Go. Do you avoid certain people? You're on your way here, and you see somebody there that you don't like, you turn to the other side. You don't even want to breathe the same air. So when <laughs> na you don't breathe the same air. Number two. Do you avoid certain topics for discussion to help evaluate? See, meron ba tayong topic? Meron ka bang anger? Do you avoid certain topics for discussion? I know that this is a bit heavy. Our topic is do not murder. So let's make it a little bit light, no? Para medyo enjoy naman tayo. Do you avoid certain topics for discussion? Do you have thoughts of getting even? Let's see, ha? Let's see. 3 1. All you need is one more win. Just one. Naging 3 2. Naging 3 all. And now in your home court. Home court. how do you feel? Minaba? Do you have thoughts of wishing someone harm? Sometimes you have this thought. There's a movie that's playing before you go to bed. If you have anger, resentment, bitterness, me parang movie clip. And dun sa movie clip, nayon, of course, you're the one who's good and the other person is the one that's bad. And there's a script that goes on and on. You can relate, right? Before you're asleep. Mmm, okay, ito do you rehearse some good even lines? If he says this to me, it was as a Do you have that? Do you sometimes feel angry without reason? You just feel angry. You woke up angry, you're eating breakfast angry, you're driving your car angry, you get to work angry, you go to your ministry angry. Welcome to the 5 p.m. service. No, just kidding. Or, do you sometimes find reasons to be angry? You're looking for faults. You're looking for a reason to justify your anger. kasalanan kasalanan niya If you say yes to some or to even one of these questions, you might be struggling with anger, bitterness, unforgiveness. Truth be told. We cannot control how others act. We can only control how we react. Amen? We are to guard our hearts. It is our sinful responses to hurt that hurt us the most. How you respond to hurt, how you respond to disappointments and frustrations, that hurts us the most. In James chapter 1, verse 19, it says there this, Know this, my brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Can you say that with me? The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Many times, people who are angry feel that they are right. Tama? ka mo? Kaya eh. That's why you're angry because you feel you are right. But the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Murder destroys the image of God in man. Murder comes from the evil one. And murder is a condition of one's heart for another. And again, because of sin, all of us here, we have the propensity for murder. Now, what must we do? Sin is crouching at the door. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 to 32 says this, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Put it away. Don't entertain it. Don't keep it. Put it away. Be kind to one another. Tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Because how we relate to one another matters to God. Amen? Amen? Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 to 14 says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so also you must forgive. And above all, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. As God has forgiven us, you ought to learn to forgive one another. This is my last verse before we close. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 to 23. It talks about the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immor- immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife. Jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, sin is crouching at the door. I warn you as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things, there is no law. Our main point is this. We honor God as we value life and our relationships with one another. Because how we relate to one another is important to God. The greatest commandment is still this love the Lord your God with all your heart soul mind and strength and love your neighbor as you love yourself let's all bow down our heads as we pray Lord Jesus we thank you for your word we thank you Lord God for your forgiveness Lord as you have forgiven us of all our sins Lord allow us to forgive others as well Lord, if we have bitterness, if we have anger, if we have fits of rage in our hearts, unresolved hurts, Lord, we surrender this to You. Lord, we ask, Lord God, for forgiveness. We ask also that You heal us, that You remove the poison, anger, remove the poison of bitterness from our hearts. Give us a new heart, Lord. Give me a new heart that is filled with your forgiveness and love that I may learn to forgive and also to love. Thank you, Lord, for giving us new hearts. Lord, we surrender our issue of anger to you. We lay it upon your feet, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for your grace. We confess anger as a sin. And Lord, your word says that if we confess, you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. Thank you, Lord. That give us brand new hearts. We are no longer angry. Thank you for your love. We give you glory now. And we bless your name. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's give God praise.